We're back here at Alfond Arena on the campus of the University of Maine where the score at the end of two periods is Merrimack nothing. Maine nothing. This second intermission is brought to you by the Merrimack Graduate School where at Merrimack you can earn your master's degree in just one year. Merrimack offers graduate programs in business, science and engineering, and education and social policy. Log on to merrimack.edu backslash graduate today for all the details. I'm Mike Macknick with John Leahy. This one looks like it's going to come down to maybe one play, one goal. Uh, uh, it's been a pretty tight one, uh, certainly what we expected, I think, coming into the weekend. And Mike McMahon joins us from themacreport.com, also the Eagle Tribune and College Hockey News. And, uh, yeah, like I said, Mike, I think last night was a bit of a surprise, uh, both with the number of goals and the way the game developed. But both teams have tightened up. I think they both felt they needed to. Uh, after the, the first half of the game last night, Merrimack after the second half. And as a result, that's what we've got here, goaltenders duel. Yeah, I mean, Maine's had trouble scoring goals all year, averaging less than two per game. Merrimack's actually been able to score here over the last four or five. I think it was after last night, 26 in their last five games. To take out that Arizona State game, which skews it a lot, still 16 in their last four, and two of those four were against Boston College. So, uh, But this is more, I think, what we expected. You know, Maine does defend pretty hard. Uh, I think they do a good job this year of keeping teams out of grade A, out of high percentage areas. And uh, I don't, We don't know the shot charts yet for the, the second period, but you look at the shot chart in the first period, Merrimack had one shot attempt below the below the top. I think no, one shot attempt below the dots, two below the tops of the circle. So everything was from up top. That's what they really done a good job doing. Any uh, concern about the fact? I suppose you know the Merrimack offense drying up in the game tonight. Not a lot of good chances, and uh, the ones they have had, uh, it's been tough to get past Rob McGovern. Yeah, I mean McGovern's big. <laughs> I think he's listed six four, six three. Takes up a lot of the net, and that's been. I think that's been why he's had some success this year. I mean, his save percentage is uh, 9-11, uh, I think it is. Uh, but came in last night. I mean, they only scored one of them last night after four in the first twenty or so minutes. Uh, so I mean, he's he's been able to, uh, to to save the ones that they've had in close. And then you know, not to mention they just haven't had many quality chances really on both sides. So not many great A chances on either side of the side. Maybe a couple here and there. You know, that CD chance down there uh, in the second period where he went through a couple defenders and uh, a couple maybe on the power play for me. But really, at even strength, not a lot of, of high percentage scoring chances for either team. Before we go any further, let's talk about what's coming up this week. I think you have the coaches show on Tuesday night. Uh, tell us about that and what else is coming up this week on the Mac Report. Yeah, coaches show on Tuesday night. We didn't have one this past week because the college schedule was a little messed up with the holiday, which I wasn't aware of, and uh, neither of us were until Monday. Uh, but that'll be Tuesday night at 6 o'clock on uh, WMCK. Uh, we'll have links of it to, to stream, and then we put an archive up on the, on the website as well. Uh, and then this week, We'll do a lot of a lot of Vermont preview, a lot of playoff preview, playoff scenarios, all that type of stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll have a lot to probably run through, uh, I would say, uh, by the time we get through tonight. We'll have a, a little bit of a clearer idea, anyway, on on what playoff scenarios might be in play for for Merrimack. But you know, really, with with so many teams still involved and a lot of teams close, Merrimack, UNH, Vermont, even UConn, although they're losing tonight, there could be a, a number of different scenarios st- still in play, depending upon the outcome of this game and the outcome of, of plenty of other games going on around the league. Well, let's talk about one of the stories you had recently. Been meaning to get to it with you. Uh, commitment of goaltender Logan Halliday, who uh, originally was a com- commitment to the University of Minnesota. Tell us about uh, what happened there. Yeah, you know, I think, and I said this for our, our VIP members on the website. We do not, maybe not every day. We do don't do everyday podcasts, but a good chunk of the day, a good chunk of the days of the week, maybe four or five. And I know I said it on there after that commitment. You know, I think this is a. Uh, First of all, you have the opportunity to get a good goaltender. You got to go get him, and because 
you need one. <laughs> Every team need one, needs one. I think teams like Merrimack especially need one. Uh, but it also might tell you that they, they think they need some insurance there, looking ahead a couple years. You know, Colin Delia was uh, it, with Toronto's camp over the summer, and uh, if he's going to get an NHL interest, you need to make sure you've got another guy lined up there. So even if they need to go with three goalies for one year, I don't think it's the end of the world. I mean, I know uh, I've heard the saying, if you if you have too many goaltenders, you don't have any, but I, I don't believe that. I think if you've got too many goaltenders, it could be uh, a good problem to have, for sure. So uh, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that all shakes out, because uh, you know he did have NHL interest last year going to development camp in Toronto, and uh, we'll see what happens there. I think that's a big part of it, though, is uh, you, you got to look ahead, and you don't know when you might lose somebody to a situation like that. you got to be ready for it. Uh, and then, you know, also, the reason why a guy like Hallett is coming in when he is, is he's going to age out of juniors at some point, too. And, uh, right now, it looks like he's projected to come in right as he ages out of junior hockey. So that, that, that's a big part of uh, when he's going to come in at that point, too. Now, he's a guy who had, as you said, you know, he had committed to Minnesota. They even uh, announced it, I believe. And uh, and then all of a sudden, the word we heard a few weeks ago, he had decommitted from Minnesota and, and was going to Merrimack instead. How did that develop? You know, as far as I know, uh, the story that I was told is that he committed to Minnesota, signed a letter of intent, and then from there, uh, you know, some of these schools tend to recruit quite a few kids, probably more than they can use. And uh, I think he was looking at the fact that they were still recruiting some more goaltenders and, and had quite a few committed, and then some other younger ones even on the roster, uh, and, and asked if, if they'd be willing to let him reopen his recruitment. They were, and he became available, and uh, is having a pretty good year in the USHL. And I, and I think Merrimack was on him pretty quickly from there. I'm not sure if they looked if they were looking at him before he committed to uh, to Minnesota, but they seem to be on him pretty quickly. Uh, and then, you know, everything I've been able to to find out about him, he's pretty highly regarded. I mean, not exactly the most traditional background, a North Carolina kid, uh, but uh, was in development camp with the Carolina Hurricanes, I think, just this past summer, uh, and and seems to be regarded as a as a pretty good goaltender. So he would come in not next year, but the year after, right? Uh, that's what it's looking like right now. Now, the only thing that could change that is, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about this Big Ten age legislation that's on the table. Uh, if that passes this this upcoming spring, uh, he would technically be affected by that, I believe, because he'd be coming in as a 21-year-old freshman. However, uh, even if it does pass, I, I don't know if there'd be a, a grace period. I imagine there would have to be of at least a year or two, so uh, it, it's possible that he, he wouldn't be affected by it. But it, it if there's no grace period, if it, if it gets uh, approved and, and you run the risk of only having him eligible for three years, then uh, I think you'd probably see them bring him in uh, a year sooner if they had the scholarship availability to do so. All right, Mike. Well, looking at uh, turning our attention back to the game tonight, scoreless through two periods. I actually think that at least through 40 minutes of play, it's uh, you know closest thing to the the uh, full uh, full fledged effort that I think Mark Denny he's been looking for. The question is going to be if they can get get another 20 or even 25 minutes that way. Yeah, I, I don't think this has been a bad road game. I mean, I know Maine has struggled, and, and uh, but they've, they've got a pretty good record at home. I mean, they've only got seven wins in the year. Five of them have come in this building. They're just about a 500. They're just below a 500 team here in this building this year. And they're 13 games below 500 for the season. Uh, so th- this has been a pretty good road game. Shots are pretty even. Uh, I think scoring chances overall have been pretty even. It's just a matter of who's going to win these last 20 minutes. All right, Mike, thanks a lot, folks. Check out his work at themacreport.com. He's got the coaches show with Mark Dennehy on Tuesday night and also on College Hockey News and the Eagle Tribune. Thanks a lot, Mike. Thanks, Mike. That is Mike McMahon, and John and I will be back with more right after this. The score is Merrimack nothing, Maine nothing. This is Warrior Hockey.